Hi, and welcome back to the Heart of Titus with Dan and Tony. And we are so glad that you're with us this week. And we are uh, hoping that you're enjoying this series on the end times, or as we're calling it, avoiding spiritual anesthesia, because there are going to be so many things during the end times that are going to be distracting us, that are going to be pulling us away from looking at Jesus and what he has for us, that it's almost going to be luring us to sleep. And uh, Paul talks about that. Jesus talks about that. And uh, we want to help you not fall into that trap. Hey, if you're enjoying these podcasts, we want to know. Please like, please subscribe, let other people know about this podcast. But you can email us at dan at heartoftitus.org. And we would love to hear your comments. We would love to hear from you how this is ministering to you, and if there are any questions that we can answer that you might need more clarification on, because I'm sure if you're thinking it, there's about 10 to 20 other people that are thinking of the same question. Now, last episode, we finished off in talking about forgiveness and how unforgiveness will be something that in the end times will keep the believer from really experiencing what Jesus has for us. So, As we join in this episode of the conversation, we're going to talk a little bit more about that preemptive forgiveness. So enjoy. (laughs) You know, know, John Bevere years ago wrote uh, a book called The Bait of Satan. And and, and it's just that idea of offense. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely essential reading, absolutely essential understanding. If There are so many Christians who have forfeited God's grace in their lives by choosing to not forgive and to keep that, hold that grudge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way you're getting through the end times. If, if you don't decide to, as what one of my pastor friends says is called preemptive forgiveness, right? Got to decide in advance that you are not going to let that offense stay because right. it's poison. It's absolute poison. And if your heart, and so what Jesus says here, jumping ahead to, verse 12 and because lawlessness will be increased the love of many will grow cold now he doesn't say their faith is going to grow cold he says their love is going to grow cold Mm -hmm. and that's lawlessness that's when you see people when when lawlessness is exalted when unrighteousness um and injustice um prevails then the people that observe this say it just really wears you down doesn't it do it doesn't it do everybody's heart good when justice is done, isn't that one of the reasons why these TV shows like CSI and uh, other shows that deal with, uh, you know, these unsolved mysteries or unsolved crimes. And at the end, they finally figure out who did it. And everybody goes, wow, he didn't get away with it. Right. Um, we're, we're coming into a time where more and more people are going to get away with it. And that's gonna, yes. that's gonna wear against our hearts, but we have to keep our eye on the prize. The prize isn't just Jesus, but it's the marriage supper of the lamb, which is the greatest event in all history, which is what the, if the end times are birth pangs, what it's giving birth to is an incredible intimacy and communion with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ in ways that we can't hardly even imagine right now. And that's the goal. That's why I want to keep my eyes on the prize, keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, not let this stuff wear me down to the point where we even have the attitude of the martyrs 
I mean, not that you ever have to go that far, but the martyrs were able to keep their eyes and their faith in Jesus, even when they were literally being killed. Jesus, it says in Hebrews 12, uh, for the joy set before him endured the cross. You know, what was that joy set before him? I believe it was intimacy with us, seeing the church arise and spending eternity with him in heaven. Right. Now, I want to remind you as we're going through this, these are things Jesus is talking about that are going to actually um, kind of take our focus off the main thing. Mm-hmm. These are things that are going to be around us that are actually going to take our focus of off of what God has called us to do. And as we're going through this list, I mean, a lot of time, um, you know, this is the this is the list that people use to go the check mark of you know this is it this is the end time but Jesus is very clearly saying listen these are the things that are going to kind of take your eyes off the prize sort of thing you know you're walking on the water and you start looking at the storm instead of looking at me and um so um going back Dan, to this well Danny just want to interject that this whole issue of preparedness of being ready staying awake is repeated over and over and over again in Jesus's writings and the apostles writings about these times. So I think that maintaining that focus and staying alert is absolutely essential for our well-being during these times. Right. I agree completely. Uh, I want to talk about, we kind of skipped this one verse, but this is a, this is a big one because it has to do with prophecy. Uh, Uh, So let's go into um, verse 11, and this is very important because I think there's a lot of confusion around prophecy. Um, It says, many false prophets will arise and mislead many. So, Tony, first first of all, are there prophets in today's church? Oh, yeah. Um, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's much written in the New Testament about that. Um, So, yeah, of course, there's prophets in the church. Now, what would be the purpose of a, of a prophet in, in 2022? Well, according to 1 Corinthians uh, 14, a prophet comes to, uh, uh, to edify, comfort, and encourage the church, which are very important uh, um, you know, things to be done for us. And as, as I'm looking at this, many false prophets will arise. Yeah, you know, false prophets arise and they want to tell you stuff usually it's with the motive of making money or drawing disciples away after themselves as paul writes in acts 20 so uh, you know yeah there, there's going to be that there's going to be people that are going to rise up and what happens is they because they're looking for attention for themselves they they try to take through their teaching, their anointing, whatever, they want to draw your attention away from Jesus and onto them. They're really dividing the worship in the house of the Lord. I'm sorry. But you know, there's false teachers like that too, whose teaching gifts are so admired uh, that people tend to put these teachers and prophets, if you will, up on pedestals. Um, And a false prophet is not necessarily somebody who predicts something and it's not only just somebody who predicts right. something that doesn't come to pass, like all these poor guys that and gals that prophesied that Trump was going to get reelected. Well, you know, it's been a year and a half now and he's not reelected. Yeah, it's not happening. So, yeah, yeah, I think we can safely conclude that whatever was they were saying was false. Doesn't mean they're bad people, but they blew it on that one. But there are false prophets and there's a lot written about this in um, Second Peter, especially chapter two. Right. Um, and um, you can find it 
Um, also in the book of Jude, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a lot written about false prophets. And generally what they want to do is they try to win people over for themselves and they get some economic or other fleshly advantage out of it. But what it does to you is that you feel abused. You end up feeling betrayed. Like I grew up in an institutional church, which will go unnamed. And after being there all my life, when I was 18 years old, I remember uh, looking at everything in, in the church and all the religious stuff. I'm thinking, you know, there may be a God, but if there is a God, he ain't here. And so it actually led me to a rejection of God himself, mm -hmm. because there were people that promised that they had love, that they had power. And the truth was they didn't have much of either. Right. And God is love and God is power. You know, if, if, if there are people that are teaching all kinds of things, but there are false teachings, doctrines of demons, what Paul refers to that would especially rise up in the end times. And these will wear down your heart. How many people who are listening to me right now I used to go to church, but don't anymore. Or you may go to church, but you're not anywhere near as involved as you used to be. Right. Why? Because somebody who claimed to be one thing turned out to be another. Somebody who taught you one thing. And you know what? The truth is, we can't give up on God's assembly, on, on loving and being a participant with other people, because somebody abused their office, whether it was a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, a priest, or whatever. We need to suck it up. And the only way you can suck it up is by falling on your face in front of the Lord saying, God, you got to help me heal my heart. I help me to forgive these people who are unforgivable and restore to me the joy of your salvation. I, I can go on for hours about this. Yeah. Obviously it's a hot topic with me because, you know, I, you know, I've been through it, but we've also yep. counseled dozens and dozens of people through this same thing. It's a very common thing in the church today. I'm sorry to say. Right. And I, and I think that exactly what you're saying is that we need to be kind of aware of when a prophet speaks. Um, the, the Bible tells us, the word tells us how we're supposed to weigh the prophecy. We're supposed to, to, to allow the spirit to speak through it and stuff. And if it's not encouraging, if it's not building you up or leading you to a closer relationship with, with Jesus, um, I would definitely be careful. I would definitely be careful um, in what you're looking at. And, uh, and wow, again, a lot there with that. Um, well, Dan, because, I can, let, me, let me just throw this one in here because yeah. I lived through this as a young adult. There was a book that came out, I think, in 1987. I mean, some of you people probably weren't even reading or alive in 1987, but it was 88 Reasons Why Jesus Was Coming Back in 1988. I mean, that was the title of the book. <laughs> I mean, and it, the church was churches we were involved with. It just kind of took them by storm. I mean, and the 88 reasons, the majority that were so stupid, it was beyond belief. But yet right. people just kind of hung on to it. Can you imagine how deceived we will be when somebody says that Jesus is right here or right there? And then there's some prophetic word or some sign from heaven yeah. to corroborate this false word. I mean, Guys, we have to be so focused on what Jesus says to get ourselves prepared to stay awake, to not let ourselves be led astray or deceived. Right. That this is why this is a passion of ours in this series is because there are so many people that are susceptible to, because we all are yes. susceptible 
to falling for things that our hearts really desire. But we have to be in tune with what the Lord's saying. He gives us hope later on, you know, in Matthew 24, jumping ahead. says He talks about when the fig tree, its leaves are turning, right? Yeah. yeah. And verse 32, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as the branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer's near. So also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. So there's, God has not left us as orphans. His spirit illuminates us and gives us clarity if we will stay in tune with the spirit. As many as are led by the spirit uh, or in the, you know, the, as many as are guided, yeah, yeah, <laughs> 14, right? Yeah, uh, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God or the daughters of God. And I just want to encourage you today that God's not going to leave you an orphan, He's giving right. you His word, His Spirit will not abandon you. The Spirit cannot mm-hmm. leave us while we are on this planet because there can be no salvation without the Holy Spirit being inside of us. Once God has you, you know, he's in there to talk to you and to guide you and to lead you. You don't have to be afraid, but you got to have your eyes open. We talked about briefly uh, verse 12, because lawlessness is increased. Most people's love will grow cold. We talked about that a little bit, but um, when your heart's cold and it just, it just quenches the spiritual life completely, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And you know, guys, um, this is really, really serious here. I mean, uh, this, this really ought to inspire you to get ready because when Jesus says the love of many or the love of most will grow cold, that means the people who do well are in the minority. Mm-hmm. And we all want to think, well, I'm in that minority. I hope so. I mean, that's why we're talking. We're here to preserve a remnant, if you know what I mean, because the times are coming very quickly. And yet I see it already with the anger that I'm seeing. You know, it's one, it's frankly, uh, speaking frankly, there's one thing to see it on one political side of the aisle with people who don't necessarily claim to love the Lord. But when you see this desire to punish and coerce on the other side, that's a cold heart or that's a heart in danger of turning cold. And you got to take verse 13 seriously. I don't care what you believe about, uh, as the theologians say about your soteriology. Mm -hmm. Um, If it says that the one who endures to the end will be saved, that implies that the one who doesn't endure to the end won't be saved. And he's talking about with the warmness of your heart or the coldness of your heart. If you let your heart grow cold because somebody hurt you, abused you, threw you in jail, called you a name, wouldn't let you prosper in business because you weren't of the the right political party or say the right little things, or you got kicked off of Twitter because of something you tweeted. Um, Guys, we got to have a heart. We got to stay warm. We can't hate those people, right? We can hate the guy behind the people, but we have to love even those who despitefully use us and hurt us. Yep. Now I'm talking a good game. I'm, I'm, I'm being the faithful teacher of the word here. <laughs> I'm not so sure I could practice it myself, but I I'm trusting God and I am calling out to him every day. God, you got to help. I can't get through this day with your softness, right. with your kindness, with your heart, unless you touch me. Wow. And, and again, this is the important thing of why it is an encouragement that Christ is coming back again and that we know he's coming so that we can trust him, that we can put our faith and trust in him and walk in him. And that's what carries us. I'll be honest with you, as we talk about end times, you know, I I mentioned it 
last in the last episode, you know, it's like, you know, the conversation of the beast and all this other stuff and the seven hills and everything, you know, that doesn't help in my day to day walk. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I don't walk around worrying about the beast in my day to day walk or six, six, six and all that other stuff. What focuses me on my day to day walk is this stuff right here. This is what carries me through. This is what is the thing that I know affects me and the people around me and the people I love and the people that I'm supposed to be ministering to and preaching the kingdom to and preaching the gospel to. Well, Dan, you know, that's right. So even though we're this discussion is couched in the context of the end times, last days, whatever, um, it's applicable to us right now. Yeah. There's always people that are going to betray us. There's always going to be injustice. There's always going to be things that are going to emotionally wear down our hearts and souls. And we must always put on our spiritual armor and believe by faith that even though somebody hurt us, God is going to deal with that. And, you know, frankly, the blood of Jesus is a powerful thing. And I am quite convinced mm -hmm that um, either we accept the blood of Jesus or we're going to pay with our own blood. That's a harsh statement, mm. but that's how powerful the justice making is on the cross. We accept the fact that God, the creator loved us so much that he sent his son to pour out his blood and die for wicked people like me and you, or we remain wicked. We don't, we don't appropriate his grace in our lives and we end up paying the penalty with our own lives. Wow. Um, so it's an important thing that we accept justice on God's terms and not take vengeance into our own hands. That's I, crazy. I got, I got to add this. You know, I, they, I'm noticing that there's more and more movies and series like on Amazon prime or Netflix that deal with the one guy who's going to go out and make the whole world right. You know, <laughs> I don't want to name any series or movies in particular, but then they, in, in the name of doing justice, they do horrible things to other people. And there's supposed to be something inside of us that rejoices in the justice being done, but there's something inside of me that grieves and that other people would take out on others vengeance that god says it's only his to take right yeah and and again we go back that we need to be giving forgiveness we need to be making sure we're not living under offense because it will just suck the life out of us so dan could these movies and series in fact be part of the enemy's way of deceiving us in these end times to think that this kind of behavior is should be normal or accepted or even glorified well, yeah, I, I even think like the whole American ideal type thing is one of those things that you need to be careful, but you also need to understand that it's entertainment and you also need to be careful about what entertainment you watch because it can deceive you. It definitely can deceive you and uh, give you that uh, false sense of justice and false sense of that I'm doing the right thing when that's not at all what jesus said so it we can have be to listen yes we have to be careful what voices we listen to mm -hmm. we have to be careful about the movies and tv shows we have to be careful not just about 
people um, on the other side of the political spectrum, but people even on your own side of the political spectrum uh, that may be saying things that uh, may be may fit well with your politics, but not so much with the kingdom of God. Uh, so uh, not, not all false prophecy comes from pulpits. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Tony, I think we need to stop right there um, and get going. Um, we're going to do another episode on this, and we've got so much to say. There, There is so much meat in this, and um, there are so many things that we really just want to continue to go deep into. We don't want to um, be restrained by time on it. So we're going to do one more episode on this. Uh, but we want to encourage you to stay awake and to, to keep your eyes focused on the prize that's there and not be focused on the deception not to be focused on the things the external things you know that could take your eyes off jesus so tony do you have something yeah i do um just want to encourage everybody that if you like this program uh go ahead and like us or whatever go to our website and get on our email list but i want to i want what i want to add here is that yeah i don't know if we're going to get this done in just one more episode because i really want to touch on uh the five parables that Jesus gives at the end, each one with uh, uh, the point about staying awake and being prepared and a different perspective in each one. And it's so edifying. So I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how, how long it takes for us to get through it. But uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, being with us and uh, listening. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys on uh, the next episode of uh, The Heart of Titus with Dan and Tony.